95.1 FM and AM 1080 KYMN Northfield. Coming up uh, tomorrow night, not only is it winter walk, but there's also a uh, conference being put on at St. Olaf College concerning the midterm elections. And we have invited St. Olaf Professor uh, Christopher Chap in to uh, talk about that a little bit. Professor Chap, thank you so much for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having us. We're really, really excited uh, about this event that we're hosting tomorrow. It's actually open to the whole community. Um, and uh, it'll feature throughout the day, as a matter of fact, student presentations. Uh, students did research on the midterm elections. Uh, some of your listeners might have seen us because we were exit polling all over the 2nd Congressional District on Election Day and collected a ton of great information on voters and their attitudes. They'll be presenting that tomorrow. And then and then the day will be uh, capped off with a keystone address from two fabulous speakers uh, at 6 p.m., uh, which is which is open to the public. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that. But let's, yeah. uh, the, there is a sponsorship to this as part of a program at St. Olaf. Tell us that. Yeah, so this is run by the Institute for Freedom and Community, which is a group that seeks to foster meaningful discourse about uh, – political issues uh, of, in, of public interest. And you brought a student with you, uh, India Bach. India, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. We're going to have you pull that microphone okay. a little bit closer. <laughs> um, let, let's talk about your role in this. Were you one of those uh, exit pollers? Did you put the information together? Tell us about it. Yeah, I was. So on election day, um, I woke up at 5 a.m. <laughs> to hit the road at 6 to go an hour away to a district um, to go exit poll, and we were staying outside the polling place. We were freezing, um, but it was a great experience. We kind of expected people to, you know, like not want to fill out a little exit form in the in the cold when they're just trying to go to work. But we had so many people want to really help us out and fill it out. We had we ran out of clipboards like multiple times. It was really great. <laughs> I'm sure you know back in early November we had like a 70 degree day just a few days before that. I'm sure you're hoping for that type of thing, but elections uh, don't always go as planned yeah. <laughs> as you probably found out. Now before we get to the uh I would like to talk a little bit about the the, the midterms Absolutely. and uh you mentioned the polling that you found. Uh we can't go too in depth. You will tomorrow night on that, but mm-hmm. Were you surprised with what the results uh, you found from those polls? Was there anything that kind of jumps out at you? Sure. You know, there were a couple of things that really stood out. Um, You know, in political science, sometimes political scientists are skeptical of the effect any one issue can have on an election. Um, But I would say abortion really stood out. Um, um, A considerable number of voters uh, ranked it as the most important issue. Second to inflation. Inflation we kind of expected uh, as the most important issue, but something like 40% of voters uh, said it was abortion. Um, the other thing that was interesting to us, given how the campaigns doubled down on crime as an issue, is that voters really didn't seem to care that much. It was something like 5 or 6% of, uh, of the electorate said that crime was an important issue, which is which is far, far lower than we uh, anticipated. Now, during your polling, and I'll ask this to India, mm-hmm. uh, was it specific to the 2nd District? Are we, are we talking the uh, Craig Kistner campaign? Was it specific to that, or did you get a broader sense of on some of the uh, other offices, I guess, no national offices uh, other than those, but uh, did you, uh, some of the state and local, did you poll people on that as well? Yeah, we did. So we had um, the gubernatorial election as well as um, Steve Simon's election, the Secretary of State. Um, and I think that was, those were the races, yeah. So we got a good picture. All right. And what did you find? Oh, was there, 
in those particular races, uh, were the, was there anything that, uh, any one or two issues that kind of stuck out? Did it go by just party lines, basically? Um, I can't remember the exact percentages. You might have to help me. But there was some discrepancy between um, people who voted for DFL for one race mm-hmm. versus the other. And um, my group is specifically looking at abortion and the impact that people's opinions on abortion had. Um, and so we can see that there is, um, the research does suggest that um, abortion was a motivating factor for who people voted for, specifically looking at the gubernatorial race. So we were able to kind of compare those metrics of what people voted or what people put as their most important issue to how they voted, which is really cool. Uh, once again, we're talking uh, midterm elections with uh, uh, St. Law Professor uh, Christopher Chapp and also India Bach, one of the students. Um, let's, uh, I guess, focus on um, that uh, that Craig Kistner race. We saw a lot of money being spent, and you know, here at the radio station, I guess we were the beneficiary <laughs> of, of some of that pack money that <clears throat> came in. Did did you look at the role that uh, the political action uh, groups uh, played in this? Did the youth, was it a significant part? You know, it's always really tough to make determinations, especially with an exit poll or something like that, on the impact of that advertising actually has. And as you might guess, this is something political scientists argue about quite a bit is, you know, do negative ads matter? Don't they matter? Do they demobilize the electorate? Do they turn people off or do they actually get people fired up and energized? And so um, it's the reason it's difficult is in part because you just don't know what people have actually heard or or listened to. Um, uh, it, it and, and what messages they've been exposed to. So, so I want to say I want to want to hedge on that a little bit and mm-hmm. say it's 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 kind of tough um, to figure it out. We do know that Angie Craig um, really hammered the abortion issue, as I said, that was reflected in the poll. Um, so you can kind of put two and two together there and say that that was that issue uh, was really on second district voters' minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, the. Uh, I, try to formulate a question here and to try uh, the the pack money aside if you look at the other you know the internet false information fake news disinformation do did any of those did you see any of that did that come into play we've heard so much about it through the uh, media and through uh you know the political players <laughs> you know one thing this is pretty interesting actually is we did not ask um, on our most important issue question, we had, you know, COVID-19, inflation, abortion, crime. We asked all these questions. It's startling to me how many people didn't like any of those options and just wrote in democracy. And I think that tells you something about um, what's on voters' minds uh, in this district and, and maybe that we need to write the question a little bit better next mm-hmm. time. Now, India, is was this your first opportunity to vote? Have you been able to vote in previous elections? I have, yeah. So I'm 21. So okay. I've um, I've been voting. For, I've been able to vote for a few years, but it's always still so exciting. Yeah, you know, just gauging uh, your fellow students and uh, everything going on at Saint Olaf, you know, mm-hmm. the, the world in which you live in. Are young people excited about the, I mean, you seem to be very excited about the elections <laughs> and the, the way it works, voting and democracy and such. Overall, are, are people, uh, the younger generation getting into this? I think so. So I also help run election engagement at St. Olaf. Mm-hmm. So I spent a lot of this semester, <laughs> you know, talking to people about voting, nagging people about registering on time. Um, 
And I think that people are generally very excited about it. And it, you know, it's really helpful at Olaf because we have a polling station right on campus. So it makes it really easy for Olis to vote. Um, but yeah, we got a lot of great engagement. I remember like on the election day, you go on Instagram, literally every single person's like Instagram stories, Instagram posts are all just like, remember to go vote, go vote. Um, St. Olaf actually had the highest rate of voter turnout in the nation in 2020. And we're expecting, I mean, less high turnout because it was a midterm election. Mm -hmm. But um, based on initial numbers from our polling place, it looks like a lot of Olis did end up voting this year. And people are really excited about it. It seems like in my time, and and I don't want to speak for both of us, uh, <laughs> Professor Chap, but in my time there has been uh, really, an, I've, I've noticed an, an increase of hostilities at times between the parties, uh, which personally I find as a turnoff. I don't know, have, have you noticed that, or is that my imagination? Has Have either of you noticed that? And does that play a part of, does it sour our young people on the election process? You know, it's sort of a double-edged sword. Uh, in, in political science, we call this affective polarization, uh, mm -hmm. meaning that you know, we actually have a lot of agreement on issues. If you got down to the issue positions, Republicans and Democrats actually have a fair amount of common ground but there's still a lot of distrust between the parties. Um, does that turn some folks off? Yes, it does. Um, at the same time, it can be a motivating factor um, when, you, when you see politics as a zero-sum game and you just want your side to win. So it's a little bit of a double-edged sword, but, but your instinct is spot on that, that uh, we, we seem to like each other less for political reasons than ever before. Yeah, hopefully we can put that all behind us at least for <laughs> you know the next two years. I hope so. Yeah. I think that's probably going to start up again pretty soon, as soon as the legislature convenes here in Minnesota. We've got a... $18 billion, $17 billion surplus here. Uh, let's go back to the conference tomorrow night. Sure. Uh, what can people expect to see there? Well, what I really want to inform the community about, and I know we're competing with Winter Walk a little bit, but mm -hmm. there's still time to do both. Uh, at 6 p.m., we have two fabulous speakers coming in. Uh, Renee DeResta, she runs the Stanford Internet Observatory. And when you talk about disinformation, uh, she is someone who is actually engaged in tracking this. She testifies before Congress about it. Um, so Renee DeResta is going to be speaking uh, about that at 6 p.m. And then she's going to be joined by a writer from Vox. Uh, Sean Illing is his name. And he's written a lot about um, some of the dangers of misinformation uh, mm -hmm. in politics. And so I think it'll be a really interesting conversation. They're both going to deliver an address and then have a conversation uh, that I'll moderate. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be a cool event. It is open to the public. Uh, 6 p.m. Uh, in Thompson 280. And if folks go to the St. Olaf website and look up the Institute for Freedom and Community, uh, you can uh, you can easily link to conference details. All right. It sounds interesting. Will any of the uh, students be presenting? or uh, Students are presenting throughout the day. So okay. India actually has to present <laughs> twice. Uh, um, and, and, and that information, that schedule, it's also open to the public. And, um, and, and those details are up on the conference website as well. All right. Is there anything else that either one of you would like to point out about the uh, elections, the midterm elections of 2022 or tomorrow night's conference? India, any any final final thoughts? Um, Are you looking forward to twenty twenty four already? Oh no 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 no! I need a break. <laughs> you know, it's it's. It, I'll just say it's great to see students so engaged, and I think mm -hmm. thinking about politics as research, it really helps put another frame on it. And students, you, you just see people's best analytical instincts come through, and 
And it's it's so rewarding to see students that really care about democracy. Yeah, I like that. I like that as well. Twenty twenty four is coming up. Are you? Will you be a student at that time? Or what, I will not. Um, not. I'm graduating okay. this year. All right. So. What would you? What are you going to do when you get out? Um, I'm hoping to go to law school in a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the time being, I'm hoping to get a job as like a paralegal or a legal assistant in Minneapolis and just take a little breather for a few years. But I'm sure I will also be volunteering and door knocking and all that stuff in 2024. <laughs> all right. No, no political office, though, in the future. Don't well, I'll never out. say never. All right. All <laughs> yeah, right. we'll, well, thank you so much. I'm sure you have a very bright future ahead of you. you. Best of luck to you. Thank you so much for coming in. Uh, Chris, thank you for coming in. Much appreciated. And that starts at six o'clock tomorrow night. The, uh, the keynote is at six. Yep. The keynote is at six, but uh, do I guess you mentioned is this is kind of an all-day thing. It's an all-day thing. So, yeah, if, if folks want to check out the website and, and see everything that's going on, uh, I would encourage it. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Best of luck tomorrow. Hey, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Professor uh, Christopher Chap from St. Olaf, along with uh, student India Bach. You're listening to 95.1 FM and AM 1080, KYMN Northfield.